Hello and welcome to a Growing Christians podcast. My name is Tyranny and on this podcast I'm going to talk open and honestly about some of the struggles I've had on my walk with Christ in the hopes that someone out there can relate and not feel alone. So take a listen and let's grow together. Welcome back. Did I take that last episode too seriously? My last episode was about rest and how it's okay to take breaks and things like that. And then I dropped that episode and then I dipped for like a little over a month. Life just kind of happened, but we are back and I'm so happy to be back. I'm so excited to record today. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you've been blessed. I hope that even though I haven't put out an episode that you all have been still following me on the podcast um, social media page, the podcast Instagram name is A is an Apple G C underscore podcast. AGC stands for a growing Christians. I'm so happy to be back. I miss you guys. So in today's episode, we are going to touch on prayer, how to pray, if there's a wrong way to pray, what to pray for, why we pray, all of that. Because when I thought about prayer, I realized that no one ever taught me how to pray. I would hear other people pray, but I kind of took it upon myself to like find a groove and to pick up the structure of how to pray from other people and kind of make it my own. Like, okay, when they pray, how do they address God? What titles did they use? How long was their prayer? What and how do they ask for something? I learned best by example. So it was important for me to have some type of like model to mold my prayer life. This is the most common thing that we are told to do as believers. We pray. It's such an understood thing. You know, when you go to church, you're going to be asked to bow your head in prayer. It's almost just like a duh, of course we pray kind of thing. But has anyone ever told you the importance? Has anyone ever told you the why behind it? Or do we just do it? Because it's just like, we know to do it. We're supposed to pray. We're told to pray. Prayer is such a vital and necessary thing to do daily as a Christian. I would actually put it right up there with eating, actually above eating in a hypothetical sense. But I mean, I guess prayer is like spiritual food. Our relationship with God would not thrive without prayer. Like it is so needed. It's like how you water a plant. It is absolutely crucial. And it's just, you cannot afford to look over it or skip it. This topic is so important that I already know that there is going to be a My Prayers Aren't Pretty Part 2 because there's so much I want to cover about this. What I want to do is I want to bring some like real deal prayer warriors in and talk to them about prayer because that is their weapon in everyday battle with life and overcoming the enemy. That is their shield and their sword. I love a good prayer warrior. I do. I just, I love, I just love listening to them. Like I'm talking about the ones who could pray the paint off the walls. I have some of those in my family and in my close circle. You just got, you got to love them and we need them too. Someone is usually praying for you and you don't even know it. I'm actually shocked that it took me seven episodes to speak on prayer, but everything God does is right on time. Just like this episode. Prayer is our direct line to God. And I just don't hear people talk about it enough. For me in the past and still now, 
my prayers, sometimes they can feel messy and not structured. They can feel kind of dry or lackluster. And sometimes they can feel like a chore. And sometimes I felt really silly praying. I've never been great at verbalizing my internal monologues and feelings. So prayer for me was extra hard. And it made me feel very mediocre as a Christian because I would hear other people pray and I would think, my prayers aren't pretty like yours. Yours sounds like a love letter to God and I can barely get out a coherent sentence. So that's a little bit about my history with prayer. But I want to get into what the word says, because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Let's get into it. I want to take you in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. And Jesus said, When you pray, do not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I'm going to talk about that last part, because if you did follow in your Bible, you'll see that that for yours is the kingdom and the power. Some versions don't have that because the older manuscripts didn't have that last part. But I'll talk about that more in a second. But I revert back to this prayer a lot whenever I get kind of a prayer shy, like when I haven't prayed in a while and it feels like, God, I don't even, I have no idea what to even say to you. It's been that long. This is the prayer I use to get my feet wet and get in the rhythm of praying again. This is what we know as the Lord's Prayer. I've also seen it referred to as the model or template prayer. Notice the wording before we go into the prayer was Jesus said, pray like this. This is how you should pray, not what to pray. As in, this isn't a prayer that you need to like memorize word for word and just recite with like no mindfulness to it. This prayer is the model of how our prayer should be. And not exactly word for word. I don't think the it doesn't have to be the same, the exact length, but the points that the prayer covers is what is worth noticing. Let's break it down. Our Father in heaven, that is us calling specifically to God in heaven. Some people use different titles. I've heard people use Father, Master, King. I've even heard some people use Daddy. And that's just, I'll just tell you that's not my thing. But, you know, if it floats your boat. But I like to make sure if anything or anyone is listening, I want you to know that my prayer, like this conversation right here, is with G-O-D in heaven, King of Kings. Like, I don't want anyone to get it twisted. And I also think why it's important to address God or to call on him or some people before their prayer, they ask the Holy Spirit 
or the presence of God and the Holy Spirit to be in the room with him. Because I think that's important because it, it prepares you for the presence of God. You know, when you're in a room alone and then somebody walks in, you become more aware of yourself and more you become aware of another presence in the room besides your own. You know, you kind of you sit up straight, you, you stop slouching, you make yourself open to conversation. When you're aware that there's someone else present, that being like the Holy Spirit and God's presence. I know some people only pray while kneeling, like on their knees. My grandmother did that with me when I was younger. No matter how old she got, I remember walking past her bedroom many nights and she'd be on her knees praying. And that's just how I understood that she prayed before she went to bed. I think the most important thing is to just make sure that you're in a position to where you're ready for conversation and a place where you can concentrate. I'm not going to say positioning matters. I haven't seen anything that says the way your position does matter. But if anyone knows or has seen anything, please let me know. Next line. Hallowed be your name. God in heaven, King of kings, that name. Your name is to be honored and exalted and praised. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That part to me is a heart check. It takes all eyes off of your wants and needs here on this temporary earth and puts focus back on God's wants and needs for your life. And here on earth, your will be done, not mine. Your kingdom come. Give us today our daily bread. There is no need that is too small for God to provide for us, even as small, quote unquote, and simple as a piece of bread. Metaphorically and non-metaphorically, like it can be actual literal bread, like our next meal. We even need God's hand in order to get that. Our next meal, our next paycheck, our next anything. God needs to be involved in everything. There's this pastor I listened to. His home church is out in New Mexico. His name is Skip Hedzik, the Calvary Church in New Mexico. He's a pastor there. I was watching one of his videos when he was breaking down the Lord's Prayer. And while he was on this part of the prayer, he said the importance is never growing out of our dependency on God to supply our daily needs. And we need to acknowledge that. Next line. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That's just straight up asking for forgiveness from God. I usually give it a little razzle-dazzle and say, Lord, please forgive me for sins I have committed knowingly and unknowingly. That's me wanting to make sure I'm cleared from the sins I didn't even realize or remember that I did. Sometimes I, I, I can call out exactly what I did. I'm not perfect. I, I might miss something or did something I didn't even know was a sin. You know, as still going through the sanctification um, stage. That's just me, though. Also, Jesus made it a point to turn the forgiveness God gives us when we say forgive us for our, our debts, our sins. Jesus made it a point to turn the forgiveness that God gives us into us doing the same for others. How can you ask for forgiveness but not give it? We should never feel comfortable asking someone to do for us that we wouldn't do for someone else. As God forgives us, we forgive others. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That is asking for guarding over yourself from the enemy and from temptation. As we know, every day there's a new trick, there's a new gimmick the enemy has for us to fall back into sin and just be mindful of that. I was saying some versions don't have that last line for years, the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Acknowledging that, just ending it with honoring God and singing his praises. So a recap. You are addressing who you're talking to, 
bringing honor to him, ensuring you make it known that you want and you are open to the will of God over your life, asking God to continue to provide all of our daily needs, asking God to forgive us as we forgive others, praying for protection over ourselves from the devil in closing with an amen, which means so let it be or so it will be done. I also find that giving thanks and showing gratitude is also well received with God. Sometimes when I have nothing else to say or my mind and my heart is overflowing and I have everything to say, but I just don't even know where to start, I'll just begin with just thanking him because no matter the circumstance, he deserves thanks. Even if it's the hardest day I've ever had, I'll just thank him for waking me up that day to see the day that he's made. Thank him for allowing me to get to and fro safely. And I'll just start going and going because I could thank God longer than I could be alive to a point where it's almost like counting the grains of sand on the beach. Like it's just, it could go forever. And then by the end of that, I'll get to what I had to say and I'll be like, okay, I feel like I can talk now. And either, you know, it makes it a little bit easier or sometimes I'll be like, what was my, what was my deal again? Like, what was I talking about? I can't even remember what I was going to say. And because it's sort of hard to find a flaw in life when you just found a million things to be thankful for. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Have you ever had a friend that only ever called you to talk about themselves, their latest updates, what they are going through, what they want, what they need. And before you can even get a word out, it's like, okay, bye. And you have no idea when you'll hear from them again. They didn't ask you what you want, what you need, how you feel, what you think. I've had friends like that and we're not friends anymore. And I say that to say, I could understand if God ever feels that way, like he's on the end of that phone call, hearing all about our wants and just having a request dropped off in his lab. And then we're off to the next thing. I saw a YouTube video while studying this topic where they called out how some people's prayer time with God is being treated like a vending machine. Like I put a little something in, you give a little something out and that's how this is going to work. Totally transactional. And we will never have an issue as long as I'm always getting what I want. Ooh, which is why I have an issue with prosperity gospel or some pastors who only present God to us as a giving God. Like, ask and he will give it to you, anything and everything. If you tithe today and pray to God what you want, he will give it to you because God wants us to have everything our hearts desire. I'll get into that in another season because I could go on about that and I will, but just not right now because I'll go off on a tangent. But when we treat God like that, like a vending machine, what relationship is being built? I don't know about you guys, but I don't have a relationship with a vending machine. Is that what you want? Do you want a relationship or a genie? But God already knows what we want. And he also knows what we need. And it's not wrong to come to God and ask for things. But when I do come to God asking for something, the way I ensure that my heart is right is I'll maybe say, Lord, if it is in your will for me to have this or that, it will be done. 
And if it's not in your will, God, please remove the want for it from my heart and give me strength and wisdom to understand that your will is greater. Prayer should be used to connect with God, who, if it weren't for Jesus coming and dying and being raised, God would be almost inaccessible to us without going to a priest or giving a sacrifice to be forgiven. We have an instant means of communication with God right here, right now. And sometimes it is only used for what we can get. And also, Jesus prayed often. The literal only perfect being to ever walk this earth knew the value and power of prayer, and he intently sought after it. Oftentimes, Jesus would go off alone from the crowds of people who wanted to just touch him and talk to him and be healed by him and be taught by him. Jesus would purposely pull away from all that attention that he was getting and popularity and go off alone to be with God. Intentional. In Matthew 14, verse 23, this is a paraphrase, he dismissed the crowd and went into the mountain to pray. In Luke 6, 12, he went off into a mountain and prayed all night long. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, he woke up so early it was still dark outside, left the home he was staying in to go away to a secluded place to pray. These are just a few times where Jesus made effort to spend time in prayer. The day Jesus was seized and taken to be beaten and crucified, he was under such severe stress that he sweat blood. That is documented in the Bible. And I thought until just recently that that was a a figure of speech, like just saying, you know how you can like sweat bullets or people say blood is thicker than water. I thought it was a figure of speech of how thick his sweat was. But I looked this up. It has been reported that an individual can actually burst blood vessels in their face from such high levels of stress that the blood would seep into their sweat glands and they would literally sweat blood. Hematohydrosis, I'm probably butchering that, but I don't know about you guys, but I have never in my life been so stressed to where I sweat some blood. Like that is an entirely different level of being under pressure. Like my heart breaks for him. I, I can only imagine what it felt like in that moment to know what he was about to go through. But I bring that up because I just want to say, instead of running or hopping on a boat to the next city because he knew that day was the day, he fell to his knees and prayed. Jesus had the power to call angels to his side or do any supernatural act to get him out of the most stressful moment of his life. But he fell into prayer instead. That means something. That is it. That is what I'm talking about. Like that type of comprehension that prayer is power, that prayer should be our first line of defense. It should be that instinctive for us when we are in the midst of our deepest pain and fear and confusion of not understanding just what is going on and what what is happening. I want to get to a point where prayer is my first step. Not, let me call my mom, let me call my husband, let me see how I can finagle and manipulate the situation to my liking. Okay, before this goes any further, before I do anything else, let me pray. That takes time to build that muscle to where you run to God first. Because if, like me, you're not a super strong prayer, you might feel like 
you couldn't pray even if you wanted to, especially in the midst of chaos, because you just wouldn't know where to start. But that's the goal. Oh, I just can't stress it enough. I cannot wait to touch on this topic again, because I just have so much more to say. I want to share one more point, and then I'll be done. While prepping this episode, I thought, well, I guess there's no wrong way to pray, right? As long as you're praying. And then I remembered this one story. Let's look in Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. He also said this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed this, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, executioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, tithe all that I get, but the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The biggest thing I took away from that parable is that the Pharisee was so high on himself that he thought all his works made him eligible to compare and demean another person because of who they are and what they have done. That prayer was not for God. It was for the Pharisee. It was for himself to glorify himself, to big himself up to God. Like, yeah, thank you, God. I'm not like like this dude over here. God wouldn't take delight in that. That was pure arrogance in his heart. Yeah, like he he might as well stay at the house with that one. If that was the heart he was going to come and pray with. I guess if nothing else, just take away this. In prayer, make it genuine. Make it about God and your time with God and his will and his wants. And use that time to grow with God and use those conversations to strengthen that muscle that For me, it's a weak spot of mine, but I'm going to work on it. God can see what you're going through, but when you start to talk to him and bleed out in front of him and bring all your hurt and your worries and your mess to him, that's what he wants. He wants you to trust him with those emotions and know that he cares. Make prayer a necessity. Make it priority. Make it genuine. Make it a goal to pray without ceasing throughout your day. A running conversation with the creator of the universe and watch your spiritual life just flourish to be able to have a place and a time where I can meet with the king of kings, my creator, your creator. I I wouldn't give that up for anything in the world. To be able to sit and commune with God is just the most beautiful thing and I, I don't want to take it for granted. I want to become so strong in my prayer life that I can just feel and hear God and just feel comfortable coming to him with anything and everything because that's what he wants. So we have two more episodes and then we are done with season one of a Growing Christians podcast. I can't believe it. I started in April. I'm so excited. I love what it's been, but I just know that God has so much more in store. I can just see the direction and how amazing and how honoring to God this can be and I don't want to miss a beat I want this podcast to be everything God needs it to be to get his people back to the kingdom it's been amazing 
I've had such good feedback. I just I appreciate every single last one of you guys. This has been such a blessing. Um, I know people reach out and say that this podcast is helping them. Y'all are helping me. And I just, I, ooh, I could cry right now. Ew. Oh, I could cry right now. Okay, I'm going to go before I get all annoying. Thank you guys so much. You can follow me on all my social medias. We have Instagram, Facebook, and you can listen to this on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And yeah, you catch me at the next one. Bye.